Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. AdvancedBreastCancer.net is the 20th community launched by Health Union, designed for those who have locally advanced or metastatic breast cancer. Susan Ron is one of our advocates on advancedbreastcancer.net, where she shares her personal experiences in hopes of helping others diagnosed and living with metastatic breast cancer. How did you learn you had breast cancer? I learned I had breast cancer by going to my general practitioner because I had a backache that I had originally thought was a kidney infection or something along those lines. Um, never thought that I had breast cancer. Like I didn't have a mammogram. I didn't find out through the normal channels. And through a series of tests that she did, thankfully, she um, started out with, you know, the normal types of tests. And when things didn't show up like we thought they were, she continued on with CTs, MRIs, and when those things came back, showing things in my bones that she was suspicious of, wasn't sure what they were, got some opinions, and finally ultimately sent me for a PET scan, that's when they realized it was breast cancer that had spread to my bones. And after the PET scan is when they actually said it was you know, breast cancer that had metastasized. Oh, wow. And your dog had something to say about that, too. I'm sorry. No, it's great. So, And you were 43? Correct, yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. That is not something... I don't think anyone prepares for that kind of diagnosis, but I can't imagine at 43 when you expect to be in, in good health. No, I not at all. And I had just that previous November had a mammogram, and... I'd gotten the paperwork. They said I was clear. There was nothing suspicious. And it was one of the newer mammograms, the the 3D mammograms. Mm -hmm. And I specifically switched radiologists because they had that type of technology that my previous radiologist did not have. Because my mother had been diagnosed a few years prior to that. So I was really kind of vigilant about making sure that I would be okay. And so this was very shocking, not just the diagnosis, but that it was so advanced. And I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. Like I never realized that breast cancer could spread to other parts of your body. That was, no one ever really talked about it. So Mm. until I had you know, gone to Google like everybody does. I didn't know what it meant. And what did you learn that it meant? Well, after asking my GP, I was like, what, you know, asked her point blank. I'm like, what is, what does that mean? What stage am I? And she was very hesitant to actually say anything because, you know, she's a general practitioner, not an oncologist. And she says, well, we'll get you in touch with other doctors and, and such. And so she never really said. I got off the phone with her and 
went to my computer and fired it up and started, you know, Googling and, you know, breast cancer and bones and, and things like that. And through a series of different websites, you found out that it was, you know, metastatic breast cancer and then did some other searching. And as I was reading through websites, realized, you know, it was a not curable type of breast cancer. And then further down read that the median lifespan was 18 to 36 months. And then I stopped looking and it just, I just kind of read it over and over. And I was like, Oh my God, my son was 14 at the time going to be, you know, he was just going to be entering high school. And I thought, I'm not going to see him graduate. That was the only thing I could just kept repeating in my head was I'm going to die. I'm not going to see him graduate. And this can't be happening. And I was, I was home alone. Well, with the exception of my son in his bedroom, I was home alone when I got the news. My husband wasn't home. And I had to sit on this news for the next two and a half hours. Oh, my goodness. That so. must have been excruciating. And just, I, I imagine your mind was just swirling. It, it was. I, I think I paced around the living room the entire time, not knowing how I was going to deliver the news, you know, and and. I didn't really have any kind of emotion at that time because I was just so in shock, like didn't cry or, you know, didn't have any type of, I was just blank. There's so much talk about early diagnosis and getting your mammograms. And like you said, you were vigilant with that. You did everything right. You did everything you were supposed to do. Yeah, I, I did. And you hear about, you know, people getting, women getting breast cancer and people would say, oh, well, it's, which makes me sick to my stomach to say it, but they, it's, you know, the good kind of cancer. If you're going to get cancer, breast cancer is the cancer to get because it's curable. And you see in October, people are wearing their pink shirts and their boas and they're doing the walks and it's, almost like this really creepy kind of sorority rite of passage almost, if you will. And, you know, it was like, okay, well, I'll, you know, you have your, you get your diagnosis, you go through chemo and surgery and radiation and whatever you have to go through. And then five years, you're good. And that's it. Mm. And that's not what this was. And this was, this was in, 2013? Yes, August of 2013. So you have beat that that projection that you read about, the 18 to 36 yes. months. Yep, I'm considered what we call in our, you know, the stage four community is I'm an outlier. I have outlived my prognosis, if you will. Wow. So, and I'm, I'm one of the few, there are not too many out there that, that have. So I, I feel very lucky because it is honest to God. It's, it's just, it's, it's luck that I have responded to treatment. There's, there's no other reason other than that. As far as I'm concerned, it's pure luck. But when you say outlier, it reminds me of like someone out on a branch kind of 
yeah. off on your own too. I mean, that, that's got to have its own challenges too. It does because I, I have that survivor guilt. Like why, why me? Why couldn't my friends who have children that are much, much younger, why couldn't it have been them? Because now my son is in his second year of college. He's, he's fine. He's living on his own. He has two very good part-time jobs. He's, he's fine. I know he's going to be okay. So, you know, God forbid something does go sideways now with the cancer and it progresses and all of that. And I do, it is my time and I do pass away. I know that my son is okay. So when I do hear of friends of mine that are going into hospice or their treatment is ending and because they don't have any more options left. And I know that they have children that are still in kindergarten or elementary school. It guts me yeah, because it's like, I want to give them my time. I don't, I don't want that for them because then their children are, are growing up without their, their moms. And it's, it's criminal to me. It just is. Is that what spurs you on with your advocacy work? It does, yeah. It, it's a big part of it. And the other part for me is, is that it, this can't just be for nothing. You know what I mean? It's mm. not like, you know, I, ha- I got cancer for a reason because I also think that's a bunch of crap. But I have to... I want to leave something behind um, so that my son can tell his grandchildren, tell his children about me and say, you know, this is, this is what your grandmother did. And, and, you know, you can be proud of that. And so I, I want to be able to leave something behind and something that my family can be proud of. And I, and I do want to make some type of a difference. And I do want to keep going for my friends that couldn't keep going. How is your daily life affected by living with, with stage four cancer? Um, well, I can't, <clears throat> I can't hold a full-time job anymore. Um, I, it, I don't have the brain bandwidth, if you will, to, to do that. I used to be a technical recruiter hiring professionals that worked in different parts of the country and, and things like that. And so it was, you know, anywhere between a 45 to 60 hour work week. And I I just can't do that. So I've kind of turned my work. It's now advocacy work. And I am not only working with health union and making this site for other people that are, you know, newly diagnosed, trying to help them navigate through and trying to offer my advice to them. But I'm also president of an organization called MetUp and trying to move the needle with um, direct action and things of that nature and, and working with other organizations that raise money for metastatic research. 
basically anything that I can do that will help move the needle and change the narrative from metastatic cancer and make people more aware that this is this is a big problem. Like we're losing 116 men and women every day and nobody seems to be talking about it. Wow. Like that's losing like an airplane full of people every single day. An airplane of people crashes to the ground every single day and it's nobody's outraged about it. And there's still a disproportionate amount of research that's dedicated to metastatic breast cancer than early breast cancer. Yeah, there's still more research being done for prevention than there is for uh, metastatic. And um, that's got to change because it really should be working to help the worst of us. If, if you can figure out a way to help the worst of us, the ones that are the sickest and dying, and help us live longer, then basically you're helping everybody. Mm. And that's how it should be done. I mean, think of it as like a, if, if, when you're in the hospital and the way they triage people, they help the people that are in the worst possible way first. And then they work their way down. And that's the way they should be looking at research. You need to help the people that are dying first and then work your way down to the people that might get sick. What have you found that helps you cope with the emotional aspects of living with this? Antidepressants, honestly. And talking with other metastatic people, Mm. but definitely antidepressants. And that's something that I recently went on. It was about a year ago, actually, and was the, probably the best decision I ever made for myself. And quite honestly, it probably should have been something that I started way back at the beginning of my diagnosis because this is really tough emotionally. And that's something that a lot of people don't get. And that was through my palliative care doctor. And palliative care is something that I think all metastatic patients and and patients with an advanced chronic condition should have right from day one. And it's actually documented and, and, ASCO agrees that that is something that everybody should have. And palliative care is not end-of-life care. Palliative care is to help in all aspects of, you know, chronic and advanced disease. And it's to help your emotional, it's to help side effects of medication, and it's to help um, spiritually and, and all the different things that go along with your illness. But it took me until a year ago in November to get to that point where I basically hit an emotional rock bottom and I, I finally recognized it in myself and I, I said, I need help. I can't do this on my own anymore. And when I talked to my palliative care doctor, she said, okay, well, let's, let's get you on something that's going to help, you know, lift up your mood. And 
get you to that kind of stable place. And it was quite honestly, the best thing I ever did. And there's no shame in that. And a lot of people, I think, look at that as a type of stigma that they're not strong enough and that they look at as almost like a crutch. And it's not, it really isn't because this is a lot to deal with physically and emotionally because you're watching your friends die and you're trying to keep functioning as of you know what you're doing in your home life whether you're a mom you're a wife and trying to keep those things going as normal as possible and yet you're dealing with side effects and treatment and everything else and it's so overwhelming and sometimes you just you just can't cope with it all at once anymore. And you just need something to kind of help you with it. So that's something that everybody kind of needs to, I wish more people would consider talking to their doctors about. Yeah. It sounds so easy to just say, you know, ask for help, but there's so much that goes beyond that or behind that, right? It's, so much of our society is think is kind of geared towards you should be able to handle whatever you're given and yeah. And be positive. Oh, and be positive. Yes. If you just thought positive, this wouldn't be happening to you. Right. That I think that can do more damage than help. Definitely. Can you tell me about a story, a way someone has supported you? Um, I have a girlfriend of mine that um, I went to high school with here um, in New York. And I say here because because I actually, I I grew up in California and I finished my senior year here in New York. And we've stayed friends uh, after graduation. And she was there for me in the beginning and has been there for me every step of the way. And has constantly had my back and has kind of gotten me out of my head when I needed to be. We've gone on some, you know, girl trips uh, that's been really fun. And we've kind of made our own memories in that regard. And it's really been helpful that way because I've had some friends that have disappeared after my diagnosis, I don't know if they felt like they were going to catch cancer or they couldn't handle the diagnosis for themselves emotionally, knowing what was going to happen ultimately at some point. I'm not really sure, but she's, she's the one constant that is always there. Now, we may not always speak every single day, but I know she's there. If I need her, all I have to do is say, hey, you know, Jen, I need this or or can you do this? And she checks on me from time to time, but she's always been there for me. And it's just it's just been a real help to know that she's there. I, I think, like you said, so many people don't know how to deal with it and and they do disappear. And that's that can be so devastating, but it's so important to just show up. It is. It is. Yeah. And people, they don't, it's always, you know, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And 
it's a hard question to answer because a lot of people will ask, well, how are you doing? How are you feeling? But honestly, they, they don't really either, they don't really want to know. And so a lot of people will answer me included, fine, you're doing fine. And when really, you know, we had a rough night, we didn't get a lot of sleep or, you know, my back is killing me because of, you know, the, the tumor I've got in my back or the medication I'm taking is just killing my stomach. I haven't been able to eat and nobody really wants to hear any of that. So it's almost better to say, you know, what can I do for you is almost the better question. Hmm. You know, is, is there, you know, do you need, do you, do you need any laundry done or, or do you need the dog walked or, do you need a gift card for dinner? You know, I know you may not feel well. You may not want to cook dinner. Can I do this? That's almost the better question. And, and a lot of times maybe, you know, we'll say, no, we're good, but thank you for asking. But that's almost the better question than how are you feeling or how are you doing? That's a good point. And I, I like that you, some of the things that you can do to help someone are so simple, like walk the dog. Yeah. Or run errands for them. So I think that's, that's some good practical advice of how people can help. So advancedbreastcancer.net is one of the newest communities that Health Union has launched. Why do you think it's important for people with metastatic breast cancer to have an online community? It's important because a lot of times, at least I know where I am, there aren't a lot of people locally that are around where you can, you know, get together or call up and, and, you know, share, vent, whatever. And so it's really nice to know that there's a community of other folks out there that are like you. Mm-hmm. And you can either vent or discuss, you know, how you're feeling or have you ever run into this? Or, you know, what, what do you do in this situation? Ask for, you know, advice, things like that, just that you can kind of commiserate with. And that's always kind of a, a nice to know that there are other people out there. You know, when you're, you know, a zebra in, you know, a world of horses, it's, it's just nice to know that there are other zebras out there that you, you, you can talk to and you can get other information and ask questions too. I like that imagery, zebra. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Well, to kind of go back to what you were just saying, is there anything that we at Health Union can do to support you? I I think so far, everybody's been very supportive and the information that's coming out, even on the editorial side has been fantastic. I've gotten very good feedback from my friends that I've shared the website with saying, gosh, I, I wish this had been available when I was diagnosed. So I think what we're doing is, is a, a great service to folks and, I think it's very appreciated. 
And if we can just keep, you know, sharing it and getting it out there to other people, I think the community is going to grow quite a bit. Well, I think one of the values, probably the best value of the health community, health union communities is that we have advocates that share their personal stories. And we're so glad that you're a part of our community. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of it. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, any, my personal short story, if it can help anyone in any way, then that's great because, you know, I, I just want to be able to help someone else that maybe newly diagnosed that could benefit. And if, if that can help then then that makes me feel good. Thank you for your time today. Well, thank you for having me. If you or someone you love has been diagnosed with late stage breast cancer, visit advancedbreastcancer.net. You can read Susan's articles and join the conversation by sharing your own story or asking a question. Advancedbreastcancer.net is also available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review as that helps other people find it as well. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.